tough situation, so she didn't want us to be mama's boys. So we actually are mama's boys, but we're mama's boys in a weird way. And so she never hugged us. So um, she apologized for that after we knew we were grown. Amen. And um, so it's amazing. I'm really not a hugger, but you guys are the hugging. Joke is <laughs> <laughs> on the planet. I mean, I've learned to I've learned to be a hugger. Amen. But I'm not ready. <laughs> so imagine growing up as a little boy, and I'm not mad at my mom, I know why she did it. But imagine never being hugged by your mom and the effect that it has on you. But I know why she did it, so I was okay with that. But what it did was it makes people go, I don't want to hug, you know. But now it's like, man, we're starting, you guys are so huggy. Amen. You know, and I thank God that uh, I like to hug people too. Especially amen. people who use deodorant, everybody say amen. <laughs> uh, um, okay, I was like, I, mean, I was getting flooded with stuff. People are out, people are out of town, people are sick, people. And I went, good, because I really, I like moments where we're kind of light. Because it, it keeps me honest. Because I don't, think about it, I, I've been in front of hundreds of people. I, I've been overseas. I've, I, I've been to every major university in, in, in this state and, you know, teaching Bible and, and I just don't do this for crowds. It's just, I thank God that God gave me a spiritual enema years ago, and he took that out of me. I, it's, I, don't, I don't care if it's four or 400. I don't care if it's three or 3,000. I mean, I just love to teach the word. Everybody say amen. Amen. And, and it's like, man, I just thank God that uh, he's put that down inside me. I give him all credit for it because because preachers love crowds. Mm -hmm. And I'm going, I don't like crowds. And I'm, and I'm gonna show you in a little bit that Jesus necessarily didn't like crowds either. All right, all right. All right. But so, so my favorite parable is the parable of the sower. And, and in fact, it's becoming my favorite passage of the Bible because it explains so much. And it explains all of us. And, and it shows everybody where they are. And I love the parable of the sower. And I, and I was reading back over it because I really didn't have nothing to teach this week. And then I started to pull some other stuff out of it. So I'm going, oh, I'll share it. So really, I don't have a message. I'm going to share some, some Bible that I was reading. Everybody say amen to that. So let's go here. Let's go uh, uh, wherever we're going. Maria, where are we going? 2 Timothy 4. Let's go. Oh, my God, I need my screen. Nothing to do here. No football to watch. I got no <laughs> football to watch later. Auntie, 2 Timothy 4, in verse 3, let's go. For the time will come where people will not put up with sound doctrine. See, the time is will come, and that time is now, where people will not put up with sound doctrine. Everybody say amen. amen. Now, I'm not slamming anybody. I'm not slamming anybody in these church. You guys know I don't do that. But what I am saying, we are in the age where people don't really want to hear truth. They really don't want to hear Bible. They want to hear, they, they don't want sound doctrine. They want this. Go. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears because want to hear. Because we like the people who say what we want to hear. I, I, I don't want to, I come to church with expectation. My expectation is to hear something that makes me feel good, makes me feel better, makes me feel like God loves me, makes me feel like he's going to bless me. And I'm here to tell you, all that is true. But what I am also saying is that, man, it says that it will come a time when people will put, a, put sound doctrine away and they will desire and gather up for themselves a great number of teachers 
who say the thing that just pleases their ears. And I, that time is definitely now. Mm-hmm. You know, and, 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 and we think about it, we've made superstars out of preachers, and preachers were never meant to be superstars. In fact, they were actually meant to be last because they're servants. Mm-hmm. First shall be last. Everybody say amen. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, man, it's a time where a great number of teachers there. When they, I want to put up all these teachers that, that just make me feel good and tell me the things I want to hear. Because I come to God with expectation of what I want him to do with me. You know what? A lot of people come to the Lord. This is how they think. We come to the Lord and, because I've tried everything else and it didn't work, so now I'm going to try God. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to see if God can give me this life I've always wanted. I'm going to see if God can give me a husband. God can give me a wife. God can give me a better job. God can give me a car. God can give me a house. And they come to the Lord with those expectations. And when they don't happen, amen. Amen. Next verse. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of any evangelist. It says it will turn, they will turn away from the truth and they will begin to they will, they will, they, they will begin to easily listen to just stories. You, mm-hmm. ever, you ever seen where, where, where you put a verse up and then they read the verse and they tell you what they think for the last 40 minutes, the next 40 minutes, just what I think, just what I believe. I, you guys have been around me long enough. I don't do that because one, I say things I probably shouldn't, and then two, it's like if you argue with me, you're just gonna argue with the word. All right. So it says they. It says, but in, in five, it says, but you keep your head in all situations, endure hardships because it is hard to tell the truth. It really is. It's because the truth don't pack seats. The truth will never build a mega church. Now I'm not saying mega churches don't teach truth, but what I'm saying is it's difficult. I mean, when I go on the road, I go to mega churches. I go to churches way bigger than ours. And when I, I find myself, when I go in there, I, I start thinking, okay, well, Keenan, should you tone it down? And it's like, no, I'm not toning it down. Just don't invite me back. Amen. Because <laughs> the truth has to be taught. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that, that you know what? He says you have to endure the hardship of telling the truth. The work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. He's telling them, listen, you got to stay encouraged. You got to stay calm. You got to be willing to suffer. You must work hard to tell the truth. Because in Bible college, they really don't formulate the truth. They really tell you how to present the Bible in a way that that are pleasing to people. And I, and I got two degrees in theology, and I'm going to tell you something. I don't really use a lot of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I've been to the school of hard knocks. All right. I've been to the school of failures and victories. I've been to the school of sinning and had to be forgiven. I've been to the school of had to forgive other people for doing me wrong. I've been through the school of hard knocks that I use way more than what they formulate in these great institutions of higher learning about biblical principles. Mm-hmm. I'm not putting it down. I'm just saying that it's just in my own life. Because what it does is it, it begins to formulate how do you do church. This is how you do church, and this is how you do successful church. Model it this way. Can I tell you guys a secret? And I'm, it's a secret. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> I'm not sure the way we do church is the way God wants it. 
Mm-hmm. This right. is how we do church. We come in and people greet and then somebody hands you a pamphlet and then you sit down and then, uh, then the music, the lights dim and the music comes on and, and, and the smoke starts to blow and the screen starts to flash mm-hmm. behind them and, and then they sing very good and you know, we have experts singing and then, and then all of a sudden they sing for like 40 minutes and then a preacher comes out and he preaches for 15 minutes and then, you know, then they greet and then they sing another song and then he, you know, they, I don't know if that's the way church should actually be done, but my thing is I'm not sure how to do it, so I haven't changed it. All right. But I, but I think when God de- developed a sense of church, and when we think about the church of Acts, it looks so different. It was people gathered around who were sharing the word. It was people who, who took all their belongings and put them in the pots to make sure everybody was doing okay. It was people who spread more word outside of that church building than inside. It was people who met at homes and met in upper rooms. Yes. I'm not sure the way we do church is the way we should do church. But I'm not brave enough to change it, and I don't know what to do to change it. But I'm not sure. Oh, it's quiet. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I, I've been to some great church. I mean, I've been to church since 1983. And so I've been in some great church situations and saw some amazing moves of the, of the Spirit in church. But I'm telling, you the, the, I'm telling you, the times that I've gotten closer to God were in smaller situations. Mm-hmm. When some kind of campfire-ish. Mm-hmm. I've, been elders a very large, I've been an elder of a very large church before. And I, 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 I remember just prayer meetings when people came together where it seemed like God moved a little better. Let me get off of that. All right. That's too much. I'm giving you guys too much of my information. Luke chapter 8, verse 1. Here is the parable of the sower. Now, I've taught it before, but it's my favorite. It's my favorite parable. And then some other things came out when I was reading it this week. It says, uh, auntie, Luke chapter 8, verse 1. Go. After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. So here's Jesus, he's traveling around, he's got his group with them, and they're traveling not just in cities, but they're going to small towns, and, and Jesus was giving the people the message of God, or the good news of the kingdom. Everybody say amen. Amen. And the disciples were with them. Next verse. And also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. So also some women were in that group. So, so much for women can't do anything in church. I had a major argument with a guy uh, uh, about, about two months ago, and he was telling me how, you know, oh, you don't let women do this, and you don't let women do that. And I'm like, dude, you don't know the Bible. Amen. Because, man, if you think about it, the backbone of what Jesus was doing in this time, it was women. I'm going to tell you why. Because Have you ever seen a story in the Bible where a woman fell away from God? You see all the stories in the Bible where men fell away from God. Mm-hmm. I've been in church for quite a while. I've seen a lot of situations. I'm telling you, women have always been the backbone of the church. Brothers, don't brick me, but I'm just being truthful. <laughs> women seem like they're more committed. Women seem like they're more in love with God, where men, we just kind of like it. Amen. We think God is cool, you know. We think, you know, <laughs> God is my boy. You know, women actually fall in love with God. Everybody say amen. And so I'm saying, it's like, man, dudes, we got to catch up. Because it's like women are always the backbone of the church. And God says, wait a minute, where are my brothers at? Mm-hmm. Well, I know where we're at. We're busy working. Amen. We're busy trying to make dollars. We're busy trying to build ourselves up. And we're busy. I'm sorry, dudes. I'm not picking on you. 
I'm just saying, man, I get upset when they say women can't do anything in church. That is so wrong. Mm-hmm. And then they take the words of Paul and they twist them to make it seem like Paul was saying women couldn't. And it's like, what it's telling me, women who have been cured of all these evil spirits, wouldn't you be following Jesus around? Yes. If you had demons in you, seven demons had came out of Mary Magdalene. So she says, you have changed my world, so wherever you're going, I'm going. Amen. Next verse, Auntie. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many others. So they're actually giving names, and in the Bible, they usually didn't give names. But here they're giving names. Jonah, right? Susanna, she was there. And it was many others. These women were helped supporting the ministry out of their own means, meaning they were funding the whole trip. Uh-huh. Why were these women named? Why was these women there? Why was these women mentioned? We all talk about the 12, but it was more people following Jesus around than the 12, and they were women, and the Bible didn't really want to talk about it because back then women were looked at a little differently. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you now, in this one they were mentioned, you know why? Because they had all the cash. <laughs> it took money for Jesus to go. Jesus was a poor preacher, mm-hmm. a poor homeless preacher on top of that. And he got 12 dudes with him he's got to feed. And so here's these women who step up, and they're funding the whole mission. They're funding the kingdom. Yes. With their own financial gain. That means this is stuff that, this ain't my husband's stuff. This is my money I'm deciding to fund. So Jesus, we got to get to Zarephath. All right, well, we got the cash. Let's go. It took money to catch boats and do all this stuff. And you guys got to eat. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Auntie, come on. That's not my message. That was free. Come on, Auntie. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. Auntie, here it is. Large crowds had begun to gather because Jesus' popularity was was going all over. So think about it. He was going from town to town and people now, oh, here comes Jesus. I heard about that Jesus guy. I'm going to see him. Large crowds were gathering, coming to see Jesus from town after town. Jesus had built a mega church. Hmm. So here's Jesus. He's looking, and, and, and I'm sure the t- disciples were saying, oh, it's working. Man, it's, we got the highest steeple and the most people. And this thing is really working. And so Jesus goes, let me tell you a story. Amen. Next verse. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. Uh-huh. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. He says the farmer goes out to sow, and here's the thing. Everybody knew about sowing and reaping back then because a lot of people were farmers, and they didn't really have grocery stores. They would go to the market and trade, but everybody knew stuff was grown from the ground. Everybody say amen. He says, here it is. He got a a sower. A farmer went out, and he began to sow, and he scattered the seed. And I can see the people going, what is he talking about? I want to see some loaves and fishes. I want to see some blinded eyes and some people who can't walk, walk. Everybody say amen mm-hmm. now. I brought my, my, my father here. He's limping the whole way because I want to see him get healed. Mm-hmm. Jesus got all these people there for all these various reasons. Mm-hmm. All right? For all these many reasons. They got these reasons why they're there, but the majority of the reasons why they're there are flawed. Mm-hmm. All right? Next verse, Matthew. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Yep, come on. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. All right. Still other seeds fell on good soil 
It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. And in another translation, it says some 30, some 60, some 100. All right, next verse. You guys know that part. Let me get to the meat of this. Go. When he said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. And then he goes, okay, now you listen. Everybody who can really hear that, hear that. It says he called out. He raised his voice and says, all right, all you who can hear that, hear that. And I'm sure everybody was standing around going, I don't know what he said. Mm-hmm. He didn't really say nothing mesmerizing. I heard this Jesus guy was impressive. Some people were there because they thought he was the one who was going to overthrow Roman rule. So they gathered in, in masses because they thought, here's the Messiah. Now we can get away from this Roman stuff. He's coming back to redeem us, not only from, the, from our sin, but from this Roman situation we're in. He came to deliver us. He's going to help us pick up the sword, and we're going to overthrow Rome. People were there for all men, a bunch of different reasons, right? Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, okay, a farmer went out to sell. Let me tell you a story. I know you came here for this reason, but let me tell you a story. I know you came here because your father wants to get healed, but let me tell you a story. I I know you came here just to be nosy. Let me tell you a story. I know you came here because you don't even believe. You just came just, I know you came here to mock me. You don't even care. You just want to prove that I'm not right. I know you came here because you're looking for a better job. You came here because you need a car. You came here because you need a house. You came here because you need to graduate from college. You came here because you got cancer. And he says, I'm going to tell you a story. And whoever hears it can hear it. Whoever don't, you don't. He's just evangelized a big group of people, but no one got saved. On to the next verse. His disciple asked him what this parable meant. He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to others, I speak in parables. that throw. So here's the thing. This is the scariest verse. That's in the, one of the scariest verses in the Bible. He's saying, listen, the secret of the kingdom is given to you because you're asking me. You stayed. He says, now, everybody else, I don't want them to get it. Wait a minute, Jesus, you came to redeem everybody. You came to save the world. You, God sent you into the world because he loved the world so much that whosoever believes can have everlasting life. And Christ goes, yes, that's why I'm here, but I don't want them to get it. it this thing looks so blessed. It looked like this movement of God was so great. I've been in, in, in many meetings with pastors, and they go, man, we had 200 people come to the altar. We had 150 people gave their life to the Lord. And I go, amen, but really, I pray you see them 150 people three years from now. Because I've been in major offers with Hundreds of people, and I've seen hundreds of people stand up and give their life to the Lord. And if someone will say, do you believe in once saved, I always say, yes, I do, but here's my thing. Who said you were ever saved? Amen. Hmm. You it might have it been an emotional, stimulated moment. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean that you received the blood, that you received the death and burial resurrection of, uh, uh, resurrection of Christ. You, you might have just had a moment, you know? Mm-hmm. Because why are you saying that, Kenny? Because I've seen so many people come to altars, and then two months later, you see them in the store, and you go, hey, you okay? Well, you know, I bump into people now, and they still go, oh, you know, well, you know, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I'm like, I didn't ask you. I was just saying, hey, I don't. <laughs> I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I was just glad to see you. And they, oh, you know, I'm going oh, to get my stuff back together. Let me tell you something, guy. You can't get your stuff back together. 
Only God can get you together. You just got to make a decision. Everybody say amen. amen. And so it's like, man, here, here it is. I'm, I'm wondering, Jesus, you telling me that you did not want them to get that? I tell them stories so they don't get it. Because they're all here for crazy reasons. I'm trying to, I'm trying to use a filtration system to weed out. Mm-hmm. All right, come on. Though seeing they might, may not see, though hearing they may not understand. That's, that's scary to me. Jesus is saying I don't want them to understand. Next verse. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. He says, here's the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Wait a minute, Jesus. What about the sower? He's not important. He, he, he said the sower went out to sow seed, and, the, and then when he goes, here's the, what this parable meant. The seed is the most important thing. It is the word of God. Wait a minute. Tell me a little more about the sower. It doesn't matter. He's not irrelevant because seed can't sow itself. But why do we have so much emphasis on the sowers? When Jesus is going, uh, the seed is the word of God. The sowers can come and go. This is what we've done. We've made pulpits altars. In the Old Testament, the theology was this, that only the priest can go into the holy, in the holy parts, in the holy of holies. That he, he had to bring, he had to go for the people. He had to, like, allow the people to get forgiveness and everything. It came from the priest because he was the only one that was worthy to go to the Lord. And, we, and we've kind of made it, it's the altars are a place of sacrifice. Pulpits are a place of declaring, right? Because how can you get the word if you don't hear? You get no faith because faith comes by hearing. And so we've taken pulpits and we've moved to the side. We've taken altars and we put them back up. And now we make so much emphasis on sowers. How they sow, that they sow. If this parable was written now, this is how it would look. A sower, he tried to, he had focused on children's ministry. He had focus on ministry and marriages. He, he had more focus on facilities and how they look. More, more fo- he tried to, it would be one, one ground and it would be all these different sowers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now there's one sower and four grounds. If it's written now, it would be four sowers and one ground. The way we do church, the way it gets presented, the way he speaks, oh, he's so amazing. Oh, I love when people drop names. Oh, I listen to him all the time. I listen to him all the time. And I'm not against that. I'm not against There's some anointed people. I, I know them. I actually know a lot of them. And I'm in this small town. It's amazing. I actually know a lot of the people that you probably listen to. I probably met them. And I'm not saying they're, they're wrong. or I'm, not say, I'm just saying stop. Don't put so much emphasis on the sower because Jesus didn't even mention them. He just goes right to the, where the power is. Yes. The seed is the word of God. Yes. Stop, stop having how tall was the sower? Well, how did the sower look? Well, how, much, how, much, how many people did the sower reach? How, how, what church, did, how many members does the sower have? He didn't go into any of that. He just went directly to where the power is. The seed yes. is the word of God. Teach the word of God. Just teach the word of God. Just teach the word of God. Yes. But it's not going to get me anywhere. Good. Amen. But if it gets you a well done, you're good. 
Amen. Because people are going to mock you and people are going to think you're this. And you got people out here who are heretics that don't, that don't go anywhere. And, they, and they, people have comments. And, pe- and I'm like, that don't matter. That doesn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. All that matters is I'm just going to teach the word. I'm let everything else fall where they may. Think about it. The sower throws seed, but it falls on all this different ground. That's not my problem. Some people, some people, some people right now, I am just background noise. I'm like a vacuum cleaner that's just that's in the background. It just got cut on. <laughs> I'm watching TV, but somebody cut the vacuum on. See, we come to God with our minds in all these different areas. That's why Jesus said, let them who have an ear, yes, Lord. let them hear. Let them hear. Because everyone can't hear because some people, I'm just background noise. Some people can't wait till this is over. <laughs> Jesus goes, man, I get it. Here's the meaning. The seed is the word. Next verse. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their They're hearts. the ones who come and they hear because maybe someone bought them, or maybe they just saw the crowd and they got in it, or maybe, maybe they just wandered up, or maybe they said, hey, what's going on over there? Let's go see. And they come and they hear the word, and before they get to the car, mm-hmm. it's gone. They, they don't even make it to their house. It, t- it comes immediately away to take the word back that has been sown. It was like, that's just wasted seed. It just didn't, it didn't fall on anything. Everybody say amen yeah. now. That means that the minute you say amen, this, I forgot everything that was said. All right, next verse. So that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They're the ones who they receive the word with joy and they hear it, but here's the problem with it. They don't stick around long enough for it to take root. Amen. They, they actually heard the word and it began to produce, but, but the, roots, well, the roots didn't go deep enough. It wasn't able to go down enough for them to take root and it really holds them and then what happens when, when, when trouble comes, they believe for a while, but then when testing comes, and here is the biggest test. I thought God was going to do that for me, and he didn't. Mm-hmm. I, I, I came to the Lord because I thought he would give me this life. He would, I, I've tried everything else, so I figured if I come to the Lord, he would give me the better job. He would give me the house. He would give me the car. He will heal me. Let me tell you something. I pray that God does all of that for everybody. But let me tell you this. When you come to the Lord, sometimes you will lose every single friend you got. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you come to the Lord, you get attacked and you don't even understand it. You've never got attacked before. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you come to the Lord and your marriage goes bad. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you come to the Lord and your family don't want nothing to do with you anymore. Mm-hmm. That's true. We don't tell people that. And so some people, they come and it takes no roots. That means they haven't, God hasn't proven himself to them enough, I guess. And, and, and they believe for a while, but then when he doesn't do what I want him to do, I'm out of here. I, I, gave it, I gave it a couple of months, and now I'm, I'm going to go out now and try something else because it didn't work. I, I thought if I came to the Lord, everything would just be better. Here's Jesus looking at this multitude of people looking very successful. And think about it, every time Jesus built the multitude, he always turned around and said something crazy. 
<laughs> he turns around and goes, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can't hang out with me. And people are like, I ain't trying to eat no blood and drink no, <laughs> drink no blood and eat no flesh. I'm not trying to do that. He turns around and says, unless you hate your mother and father, you can't follow me. I'm not trying to hate my mother and father. Jesus, every time you built the big church, you blew it up. And he always turned around, and what was left? Just disciples. <laughs> and so here's, the thing. here's Jesus who went out of his way to run people off. <laughs> and I'm thinking, Jesus, don't you want all of them to be saved? Yes. But I keep telling you, narrow is the way. It really is. It's yeah. really very narrow, bro. Broad is the way to destruction. I'm telling you, they're not here because they really want me. They're, they're here because they want me to do. Mm, my Lord. They, they heard that I made a guy couldn't, who couldn't see, see. They heard that I, I took fish and I, I fed everybody. He went on his way to run off big churches. It's amazing. What all pastors want to do now is get a big one. Mm-hmm. So you don't feel successful unless you got a big one. You don't. You know, it's great to look out in the parking lot and see all this. I, I, I had a friend of mine, man, I was in Texas, and he goes, man, I hope these people show up. The weather's kind of bad. And, and I'm thinking, dude, you got like a thousand-something people. I mean, and he's relieved because people showed up. But I'm thinking, it don't matter. I don't care if it's seven or 700. It don't matter. Mm-hmm. Well, it matters because we got to keep taking in money. We got to run this thing. Let me leave that alone. <laughs> God bless them. I'm not mad at anybody. Amen. So after a while, because testing comes, they fall away. Next verse. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. And then some of it falls on this ground, and what happens is they hear it, but then all of a sudden the world starts pulling at them, right? They, Man, if you if you starting to work on too many Sundays, Sundays, would you please pray that stops? Mm-hmm. Don't just keep working on Sunday. I know people now that are at work that that want to be here and they can't come because they're at work. And I'm like, when people that tell me that, I always go, man, I'm gonna pray for you. We gotta change that because we don't do a lot of church here. I don't keep you in church Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, Saturday. Right. We only meet one day, and it's like, man, I'm going to pray that God keeps you open for that. Everybody say amen. amen. If, if you notice, see, the, the parable of the sword, if you take it and be honest, it'll tell you where you are. Hallelujah. Amen. It, when you start to get a little too concerned about your natural means, you, you have to be careful. When, when, you start to, when you start to just take a, a want to be happy all the time, I, I think I'd rather be at the flea market than at church today. I think, I think I would rather go downtown because the weather's really nice. The weather's kind of bad today. I think I'll stay home, but I'm going to work tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, man, we have to be careful. The parable of the sword tells us all where we're at. Where, where are you? Well, oh, man, am I worrying about the riches and, the, and pleasure too much? Man, when they, did, when they were by themselves, we saw them every, t- every Sunday, but then they get a boyfriend, you don't see them anymore. <laughs> That's too personal, I'm sorry. No, I'm not, it's the truth. It's the truth, it's the truth. I've seen many people who come to the Lord. I, I, remember, I remember being in Detroit helping drug dealers stop being drug dealers. 
And, 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 and I knew a lot of people, so helping them get jobs to get them off of that. Think about it. I'm selling drugs. I'm making $5,000 a week. What am I going to do for a living? And then, and then it got them in GM, got them in Chrysler, got them in different places. They stopped selling drugs, but then they started serving other gods. Everybody say amen. Mm-hmm. And then we don't see them. They're too busy. I work 60 hours a week, man. I, hallelujah, somebody. Yeah. Hallelujah. Auntie, come on. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart yeah. who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce the crop. So here it is. Here's the sower who just sows seed. It falls on all different grounds. What ground it falls on is not my problem. What ground it falls on is not the sower's problem. The sower's job is just to sow and go away. Sow, go away. He didn't even put emphasis on the sower. Sow and go away. They let the seed and the ground figure it out. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. So here it is. He's going, man, some began to produce fruit. Some stuck around long enough, didn't let the cares of this life pull them back. And so some of you have been walking with the Lord for a long time, and you need to give God glory. Everybody say amen. Thank you, Jesus. If you've been serving the God, Lord more than five years, give him glory. Amen. Because most people don't make it five years. Mm-hmm. All right. So here it is. It begins to produce fruit. Auntie, come on. That was the last one. That was the last one? Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. This translation says it begins to produce crop. And, and other translations, and in an original text, it gives you, it gives you percentages. Some begin to produce 30, some begin to produce 60, some begin to produce 100. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm trying to tell you that we've all produced all of that. There was time when I only was producing 30. It was time when I was producing 60, then I went back to 30. There was, there was time when I was striving for 100. I might have got like 89, but then I began to fall back to 60. We've all done it. Don't look at me like I'm crazy. You do it too. You're not always producing at 100%. But, but then here's the thing, though. What if somebody said, you know what, I'm going I'm to I'm give you 30% of your check? What if somebody said, I'm going to complete 60% of this work I wanted to do on your house, you paid me to do on your house? <laughs> you would sue or kill them. <laughs> hey, I want, I'm hiring you, I need to put this addition on, and they go, okay, I'm going to just complete like 30% of it. Think about this. Why do we give God 30%? Forgive us, Lord. Why do we produce and give God 60%? We should all be striving for 100%. Amen. Why? Because he, he, people really believe that God owes them. See, some people, they come to the Lord and they think, God owes me. And then when he doesn't pay what they wanted him to pay, they they get mad and then we don't see him anymore. Let me tell you a secret. God don't owe you anything. Who does God owe? Okay, I'll let you use my oxygen. You know, and, and, and now with everybody unhealthy and people sick and people dying all over the place, I mean, you wake up every day and what, what does God really owe us? He doesn't, God doesn't owe us, we owe him. Right, right. And it's like, man, a lot of people come to the Lord and they figure God owes me now that, I, now that I've gotten my act together and, I'm, and now I'm coming to church regularly. And, I, and then it doesn't happen the way they want it to happen. See, Jesus goes, man, 
I'm using this story. I'm filtrating all the all the people, all the wannabes have got to go. I don't, I'm not impressed because we got all these people. I'm not, I'm not excited because we got hundreds of people now. Think about it. That was hard to do back then. I'm sure the disciples were going, man, this is looking pretty good. Jesus, don't blow it because you always blow it. So when we get a lot of people, you say something crazy. So, some, so you work all week, and then you get your check, and they go, well, we only gave you 30% of it this week. So, so, so you, 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 you make a deal, and you, and you sign a deal, and you, you know what you were suspected to, to get, and then they only give you 60%, and you go, what do you do? You go, okay, okay, well, that's better than nothing. I mean, that's how we do God sometimes. I'm going to commit more to this clock I'm getting ready to punch than to the one who, who's, who enables you to punch it? I mean, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give more to, to, to you know, uh, uh, this, this computer that I have to sit at and pluck all day because they pay me to do it than the one who allows you to see the computer and be able to pluck it. Bible says, never forget that God gives you the power to do anything you do, do whatever you get wealth from. It, it, it'll be ridiculous. The Bible also says, man, be careful about saying what you're going to do tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Right, right, right. Hey, Lord, I'm going to give you 30% of my life. How about that? Oh, and by the way, I want you to bless me, keep me happy. Take care of my family. Keep us all healthy. I want you to make sure college is paid for for my kids who are out of school. Now, I want you to make sure that my job goes well. I want you to make sure nothing happens to my house or my car always starts. I'm going to give you 60%, but, Lord, I want you to make sure now, make sure I'm okay, make sure everything goes smoothly. (laughs) As if he owes you. Now, here's the thing. If God did owe you, you think he really do well by you, I mean. If, if it was on an old system, think about it. If God, if he blessed you based on, on you, I would never get a blessing. Right, right. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> because people get on my nerves. Sometimes I don't always walk in love because sometimes People, I've been so disappointed by church people, and I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not mad at anybody anymore, but it, it makes me disappointed, and I, and I want to take my ball and go home. I mean, there's been many times when I, 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 I'm like, God, I don't deserve that. You don't deserve to bless me like that. I could be so much better than I am. So if he was doing it on a point system like he owed you, do you still think he owes you? Amen. Mm. So people come to the Lord and they, they, they go, now I'm, I'm in church and now I'm serving God. I'm going to give you three months and then my life doesn't turn around. I'm out of here. And Jesus goes, those are the ones I'm trying to get rid of now so they won't waste my time. Amen. So let me tell you a story. Uh, I know you come to see miracles, but I'm going to just tell you a story. I know you came because for political aspirations, you want me to overthrow Rome, but I'm going to tell you a story. I know you brought your sick mother here, and she's been sick for so long, and you heard that I healed, but I'm going to tell you a story. 
I know you came because you're just poor and beaten down, and, and, and I know you, no one cares about you, but let me tell you a story. And then whoever stays around to ask what that was about, Amen. I'll bless them. I'll call them disciples. Whoever walks away disappointed, you weren't here for the right reasons. Amen. Come on up. So many things in my head right now. I'm, I'm doing so many different things. And I don't even know why God got me doing them. I'm just doing stuff that I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to do this for? I just want you to do it, and I'll show you when you get there. Hey, Lord, why you got me doing that? I just want you to go. Just take care of it. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you later. I don't know what God is doing. I'm just, I'm just going to follow him every day, and then tomorrow you'll tell me something new. I'm just letting the word be a lamp to my feet for today, and then, just give me my daily bread, and then I'll ask again tomorrow. It's just, it's just, it's like AA. It's just one day at a time. Just let me do one day at a time, Lord. What does it look like today? And, Lord, you just keep me, and, Lord, you protect me, and, and I'll just do what I got to do today, and then tomorrow we'll talk again. Because right now I have no aspirations. I have no, I, I talk to pastors all the time, and they got all these amazing plans of, of what they want to do next and what they believe the church is going to do. And I was talking to a friend of mine with a very large church, one of the largest churches in, 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 in Northern California. And he, and he goes, man, I feel like a bad pastor because I got no plans. And I'm like, I think that's where God wants us to be, dude. Because I don't have any plans either. I'm just going to try to do something today and then we'll try to do something tomorrow. And hopefully you suckers keep serving them. And hopefully we're just going to keep sowing and Hopefully, you just keep producing, and hopefully, you know, you just keep walking, and Lord, we pray for everyone that is not here today, Amen. but Lord, I ask and pray that you bless everybody that was here today Amen. in a different way. We've all been through a lot, but if you're still standing when you've been through a lot, when you've done all the stand and you're still standing, we're going to call that glory to God. Everybody say amen. Some kind of way God stayed in your face. Some kind of way he kept drawing close to you as you drew close to him. Some kind of way he kept forgiving you. Some kind of way he kept healing you from pain and healing you from disappointment. Some kind of way you didn't get mad at him because it didn't go your way. You didn't do what you said you were going to do. I had a pastor friend call me. He's not really a friend. I say friends, but they're not really friends. I had a pastor call me, and he goes, man, I'm thinking about closing the church down. We, we went from 700, and now we're down to like two. And I'm like, but what about the two? Amen. Just going to give up on the two? What are we doing this for? Well, because I like the, you know, the press. I ain't no prestige. Let me tell you something. This job stinks sometimes. Never had aspirations for it. Never even wanted it. Just trying to help. 
And when I start to feel sorry for myself, I think about it. Jesus, they did the same thing to you. They, people said things about you that wasn't true. People formed their own opinion about you. They didn't even know you. People said they were with you and they turned their back on you. People, and I go, people who don't even know you come up to you like they do. And they're like, I don't even know you. You know, you don't even know me. You know nothing about me. And I think, man, don't feel sorry for yourself. That was Jesus' whole ministry for three years. I pray that this word falls on good ground. I pray for you who's producing 30, you at least begin to produce 60. And those who are producing 60, you'll be striving to produce 100. You might not always do it, but at least let's be striving for it. Everybody say amen. Let us lay aside every weight and every sin that keeps us from getting there. Let, 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 us, let us begin to push toward the, high, the mark of the high calling. Because you wouldn't take 30 or 60% of anything that you pay for. So since Jesus paid for us, you think God wants 30%? You think God wants 60%? When you pay for your groceries and they give you 30% of the groceries that you paid for? Somebody say, help us, Lord. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's take communion. Come on.